Thank you, Lord, for who you are. And thank you, Lord, that you love us. It's who you are. You love us. And that's who you've made us to be. The ones who are loved. Help us, Lord, to understand just how much you love us and to define ourselves by that love that we would acknowledge to you that we are loved. So as we come again to what your word has to say, I pray, we pray together, Lord, that you would take my lips and speak through them. That you would take our minds and think through them. That you would take our wills and bend them to your own. And Lord, take these cold, mixed up hearts of ours and set them on fire with love for yourself. We pray this for your name's sake, Lord Jesus. Amen. Well, be seated. And as you are, do you know I'm every week absolutely stunned, I'm not exaggerating, by how fantastic our musical team is. Do you know that? Well, they took off. I hope they realized, and some of them are sitting around here, that you are grateful. I'm amazed. As you listen, week by week, just get this thought, that they are so on time, so together, that it's virtually record recording worthy as a live piece. It is so amazing. And you guys get to sing to the Lord and hear them singing about the Lord. It's quite extraordinary. And you've got your gifts as well. God's got a place for you and his family so that when you get connected, wherever that is, What you have to offer becomes as spectacular in its place as what these musicians offer up front here. In some area, you are a 10. Do you know where it is? Discover it. Getting involved in one of our small groups is one way to do that. Getting involved in ministry, getting connected. Herbert Asimway. I like uh, that uh, awesome way. Asimway, awesome way. We're going to be talking about an awesome God in just a moment. Move from adolescence into manhood. From being a kid growing up in a family to being a leader in the family of God. That didn't happen overnight. So find your place. Get connected. Be a 10 wherever it is. Now, if you look in your service sheet, I want you to find page two. You've got all that wonderful information about the ladies' weekend, and uh, I don't know, it's quite busy around here, with opportunity for you to get connected. But look at page two, and you will see the opening half-dozen verses of Psalm 
139. You don't know they're the opening half dozen. I'm telling you that. Throughout the balance of this month now, headed in four sessions on this one psalm, 139. And just as we've been going through a series, a lengthy series on prayer, this is really an extension of that. I would like to label this series Theology on Fire. Theology is the science of God. It's thoughts about God as expressed from God's Word and turned into organized, systematic ideas, which we call theology. So it comes out of this book, the Bible. So as we've been talking about prayer... We've been talking about it essentially as a relationship with God that you are expressing when you talk to him and he communicates to you and you've got this relationship because Jesus died on the cross for you so that you could be forgiven, made new and clean and then God's spirit to come into you and make you a new creation All this is what we mean by being Christian. It's not a label you stick on yourself. It's a relationship that you enjoy with Jesus, a Christian. And in that relationship to become new and clean and connected to God, so you've got this ongoing communication. And this Psalm 139 is David, King David, very famous, the legend of Israel, talking to God. So it begins with an address to him. Lord, look at that in your service sheet, page two, because I'm going to lead you through this. He says, Lord. So he's speaking to God, but he's speaking to God in terms that God has revealed himself to David and to his people. So it isn't that David made some stuff up and said, this is going to be my God. We often do that. We have a kind of a Santa Claus image of God. God reveals himself. That's what this book is and why we need to get into it, the Bible, and why we preach and teach from it consistently. But God reveals himself to us, and on the basis of that revelation, we know our standing with him. How do you know God loves you? Do you know you are loved? That's the song that was just sung. He loves, we are the loved. He defines himself by that love and defines us by that love because we are worth loving in his eyes. And it's his initiation. We didn't earn it. We weren't good enough for it. We're overwhelmed by it. But when we grasp that we are loved, have you ever had anybody look at you and love you? And you know it, they just look at you and they love you. The Father here this morning loves you. He so loved you, he sent his son to die for you. That's how much he loves you. And David understood some things that are awesome. Genuinely, I don't say that in the casual way that we say, awesome. It's profoundly so. 
Look at it with me. We'll just make our way through this. And I'll mention some of the theology along the way as we go. You have searched me and you know me. O Lord, he says, you have searched me and you know me. You've got a pencil or a pen, just underline, you know me. Because he knows you. You know me, said David. You know me. In terms of being searched out, that is, he's taken a thorough look. There's nothing about David that God didn't know. And one of the theologies is this. Let me tell you quickly the outline of the three big characteristics of God that are described in this psalm. We're going to be looking at this morning that God was and is fully acquainted with and knows all things. We call that omniscience. That's the big word, omniscience. It's really omni, all, science. That's how you spell it, omni-science. He knows everything. Not just about you. That's what David's saying. You know me. He's all knowing concerning David. He knew David through and through. We have a great prayer out of our Anglican heritage. It goes like this. Almighty God, unto all, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid. That's a prayer that takes the theology of that truth and turns it into this conversation. Your heart is an open book to him. Almighty God, unto whom all hearts are open, all desires known, everything you desire, all your longings, Everything that's going on in your head, even as I'm speaking, he knows about. And from whom no secrets are hid. There are no secrets with God. You've got all kinds of secrets with each other. All of you who are married, let me ask you this question. Do you think you know your guys? Do you think you know your wife? Let me, ask it the, let me ask that differently. Do you think there are things about your wife you don't know? Ladies, do you think there are things about your husband you don't know? Absolutely. I say that with absolute confidence about you wives and your husbands and husbands and your wives. And how long have you been living together? My wife and I are pushing 50 years, which is quite extraordinary. I didn't think I'd ever live that long. And there are so, there's so much I don't know about her, and I will never know. And there are things about me that she will never know. There are things about yourself you don't know. You don't really know yourself. You think you do, but there's so much about you, 
You don't know. Let me tell you something. God knows all about you. There are no secrets. There is nothing hidden. It's an open book. He has got your number. That's what David is saying to God. You know me. So look at how he does, how much he really knows him. You know, when I sit and when I rise. So when I'm resting, when I hit the pillow, when I'm just sitting there gawking at the TV or with my iPhone or whatever is going on, he knows. And when you rise to go to whatever, he knows. He knows you're resting and you're rising. You're hanging out and you're hanging in. He knows. That's how much he knows. Look at verse uh, 2 and verse 4 in this regard. Second part of verse 2. You perceive my thoughts from afar. That doesn't mean God is far off. That means he knows your thoughts that are way out there before you've ever thought them. He's ahead of the game. So when you get down to verse 4, take a look at it. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. So when you take those thoughts and you turn them into words and you speak, he's got that all worked out from the beginning to the end. Before you thought it, he knows it. Before you said it, he's aware of it. What do you think of that? So he really knows what's going on in your head and how you're communicating and what you're communicating. Look at verse 5. His personal attention. You hem me in behind and before. I've just had the most amazing weekend going down to Nag's Head in the Outer Banks to do the wedding of one of our young ladies here, Brianna Rossetti. And her family and their friends were down there And do you remember we did have a hurricane coming up the coast? (laughs) I spent the whole of Friday from early in the morning till late at night in airports. Now, I won't go through it blow by blow, but I was in Pittsburgh to start, then to Philadelphia, then to New York. was forever in LaGuardia. And then down to Norfolk. But there was this little kid. It's amazing how a number of these people kept turning up in the same airports that I was in. There was this little kid, maybe a year and a half. He was running around, looked like he was about to fall any moment, running around. And dad was looking after the suitcases while mum was moving around with the little boy. He ran all day long. Where do they get that energy? 
And the mother was, when it said hemmed in behind, she was coming up behind him. And then when he was getting into mischief, like going underneath the security fences and in and out of the crowd, she was like shielding him, didn't touch him, was moving around like, and he kept looking, is she, and then off he'd go again, and then he'd look again, and it was a fun thing to watch. And I wondered when she'd cave in. She never quit. And the kid never quit. That's God. Behind and going in front, watching out. And beyond that, look at what it goes on to say. You not only hemmed me behind and before, you've laid your hand on me. My wife, Kathy, I would say three times out of four, whenever she walks by me in the house or whatever, will touch me on the shoulder, run a hand across my back, sometimes across my backside. But she touches me. And I love it. Almost first thing in the morning when she gets up, she'll just, as we get up, she'll just walk by me, touch me. She's letting me know she cares. That's a kind of a touch. There's the kind when somebody puts their hand on your shoulder, like to restrain you, to say, whoa there. You know that there's someone in touch with you who's saying, don't go there. Don't do that. It's another kind of touch. I mean, one could go through a variety of touches, but God, knowing what our need is, it's a beautiful image. He reaches out and touches us. There's a beautiful song, You Touched Me. God touches us because he knows what our need is. And when you put this all together, look at what it goes on to say. Verse 6, which is the conclusion of our reading today, such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. How do you get your mind around that? That he knows all about you. That he's there for you. There's nothing hidden from him. And you often hear people say he couldn't love you more. And he couldn't love you less. He loves you. Because everything that we're picturing here is in that context. Just as we heard it sung. He is omniscient. He knows it all. The other two big words that we're going to be coming on, just let me mention them, is omnipotent, omnipotent, said omnipotent, means all-powerful, and omnipresent, 
everywhere present. You can't get away from him. So the title, You Can't Escape God, it's not that he's got you locked up somewhere and you're not going to get away. It's that he's everywhere present and he knows what's going on in your life. I mean, the only piece of theology, real theology, my mother ever taught me, because we were not a religious family, but she did pull a religious card out of the hat and lay it on me and my brother Tony because we were always up to mischief. And she said, when I'm not around... God is, and he knows what you're doing, and he keeps a record of it, and one of these days he's going to get you for what you've done. Well, my mother caught us for a lot, and we got whooped. I think you've heard me mention, I got a beating from every teacher in school that gave a beating, and that was nearly all of them. And it didn't wound me. I'm not warped. And I got a healthy respect for real discipline. And I I got away with more than I ever got caught for. But God knows it all. My mother was right. The only difference was instead of... She had God as a policeman, not as a lover of my soul. That came later by way of revelation from a friend. How awesome is this God? You can't get your mind around him. You could never understand all that I've said. You can never grasp it. But inasmuch as you can't grasp it all, what you can grasp, you can respond to. And you can respond to what God has revealed himself to be and trust him. So you give as much as yourself to him as you understand him to be and as you understand yourself to be. And as we celebrate Holy Communion here this morning, you can do that. If you're visiting with us, let me say, if you know and love Jesus, and you may even make that decision here this morning, on the basis of what we're saying or what you've heard sung and you say, yeah, that's me, that's where I want to be, then you come and receive the bread and the wine here, irrespective of whatever your religious background is. Because this is his table. It's his last supper. It's to him you come. When you come forward, which is how we do it here, you'll see how it works, come and give yourself. Give yourself. As much as you understand yourself and know yourself, give yourself. And as you receive the bread and the wine, it becomes symbolic imagery of your taking Jesus into your life. It's not the bread and the wine become Jesus, but they are images by which you can feed on him in your heart by faith and have him, really him, who's here spiritually, come into your life. Give yourself to him Receive him into yourself. You don't have to know everything about him because you're never going to know everything about him. And you don't have to know everything about yourself because you're never going to know that either. But you give as much of yourself as you understand to as much of him as you understand. Let me tell you this unbelievable, I say unbelievable because it was so remarkable and so thrilling to me, about a God 
who knows it all. So a number of years ago, my wife and I have four daughters. We were in Switzerland. Sounds rather fantastic, and it was. Somebody gave us a hotel room for a week in a village in Switzerland called Klosters, a little town, ski country, but we were there in the summer. So we're in this hotel as a gift. And the first, when we got there, we went out for a walk, first evening out. So John and Kathy and our girls walking together had a little one, two teenagers, 18 months apart. One was all the accessories, number two child. Number one was all the real clothes. And they used to fight every morning on their way, before they got to school, as they're getting dressed, about who was going to wear which of the real clothes and which of the accessories. I wish we had recorded those fights. (laughs) Morning after morning, to hear those two teenage girls. Well, the girl with all the real clothes wore number two child's earrings. That day, that first day in Switzerland... We went for this walk along a riverbank on a gravel path, turned across these meadows, came along the, the lower part of the mountain and back to the hotel where we were staying. We get back to the hotel and number one child says, Dad, I've lost one of the earrings. That was like setting a match to a fuse. (laughs) I said to number one child, we are getting up at the crack of dawn and you and I are going to walk together. I'm going to get you up and we're going to go look for that earring. The last thing we needed was to have these two teenage girls explode over a lost earring and ruin a whole week's vacation right from the get-go. Do you get that? If If you're a woman, you do get that. And if you're a dad with women, you get that. We got up before dawn. I got her out of bed, and off we took along that river bank, along the gravel path, out across the meadow, back around the base of the hill, back to the hotel, never saw the the earring. She said, Dad, I'm going to take the heat. I'm going back to bed. And she did. Well, she wasn't going to be the only one who took the heat, I can tell you. So, as simple as it is, I get out there now on my own in this valley. And I said, God, this is now, now between you and me. Seriously, I remember saying that as if it were yesterday. This is between you and me. Will you please tell me where that earring is? Where is it? And in my mind's eye, 
I saw this farmhouse that we had passed alongside the gravel path alongside the river. I said, is that where it is? I'm going to take it that you've shown me, Lord. So I make my way along the gravel path to where this farmhouse was. It stood out in my mind because there was a bicycle lying up against the side of the farmhouse, unchained, unlocked, and I thought you could never leave a bike sitting like that here in the USA. Stuck in my mind. So I get there and I walk up and down that gravel path, and there in the grass, beside the gravel, beside the river, was that earring. Can you imagine? Still really early in the morning, there's not a soul around. I pick up that earring and I shout out down this valley, Yes, Lord, thank you. And I heard sort of, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, echo down the valley. You are real. You do care. You do know. You did hear me. You did show me. Thank you. And I'm shouting. I'm all by myself. I didn't see another soul around. Thank you. And I shouted pretty much all the way back down the valley to the village where the hotel was. Now, I'd love to say that that happens every time something goes wrong. But that occasion is etched in my memory so that whatever else is happening... I do know from my own personal experience that God does hear me and he does care. He does know. You can know that too. That's the deal. Let's talk to him just a moment. So you know what's going on in your mind and the wonder of it is he knows too. So say to him right now, in your own heart. Lord Jesus, I need to know that you know me, that you love me, that you care about me. Convey to me, make it real to me right now that you are here, that you love me, that you really care, that I can talk to you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you that you know it all and never quit on me. You know it all and you never betray me. You'll never let me down. You'll never let me go. Thank you for such an amazing, amazing, awesome, loving presence to me. Can you say that in your own heart to me? that he loves you that much.